3: Welcome back to the show. We're back with our college football recap. Uh, Brad decided to come back. Uh, I had to do it solo, but that's all right. Like I said, he's out making people skinny for some reason. I don't understand that concept of making people skinny.
2: Well, uh, you know, I got paid bills somehow. I just feed them wonder drugs. You got your you know, vitamin B today, Steve, you any know... of them?
3: You know what? I forgot to tell you. We weren't feeling right about I wasn't feeling right about a week or so ago, so I freaked out and I went and bought vitamin C, vitamin D, multivitamins. So now I have all that in the morning. I am Joe Rogan now. You talk about his vitamins, that's what I take and Yeah. And I feel better. It, it, it really does. Cuz when they talk about COVID, it's vitamin D. It's it's big time and Yeah. Uh, They said a lot of people are low in vitamin D. So I said, here's vitamin D gummies that I'm going to take every day.
2: Well, the biggest thing, if you want to get into the actual, what goes into it, it's your anti-inflammatories. So like your vitamin D, your vitamin E, um, your green leafy vegetables. The best thing you can do for yourself right now is just try to get a vegetable in at every meal. Because a lot of times when you get a vitamin, they're not as bioavailable. So you're taking the vitamin in, but you're not actually getting it what you're wanting. And that's the only thing I'm going to say. I'm done. You lost
3: me at your vegetables.
2: Okay, I'm sorry. Then eat the go get the little kid gummies. That works just fine.
3: Oh, those Flintstone gummies from 1996 are kicking in. we are <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, the biggest thing is, though, if you're going to eat, Take those vitamins. You want to like eat something with it.
3: Oh yeah, no, I don't take it unless. Yeah. So like, like if we're eating eggs and stuff, while I'm eating the eggs, I'll stop, take them, and so that way there's food. You take them, and there's more food on top of it. So I look like an yeah, idiot. You're... I look like an idiot, but I'm not that big of an idiot all the time.
2: All the time. Yeah.
3: So again, welcome back. What college football week nine? This one, I know when I did by myself, I said, oh, we're going to watch these games. Well, then this morning we said, let's throw that out the window, and we're just going to talk about certain games. So this might be an hour and a half. It might be an hour. It might be 30 minutes. Who knows? But before we get going, nobody's watching. So Nathan West told me, you were going to watch. Where are you at? And Nathan West, you're, you're you, set, you have an email. Get on. Hop on.
2: I was going to say some disparaging things about our good friend, Coach Nathan West, but I've been told I'm not allowed to say certain things.
3: I just said be nice. This is a child's network. We have to be mm -hmm.
2: nice. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I don't know. Thank God Guy Goodlove isn't going to retire and hand the reins over somebody that ruined that dynasty over there at Westville.
3: Well, what if I applied?
2: Get on the podcast, you coward.
3: Hey, me and him had a three hour long podcast. And that was just recording. I don't want to talk about how long. I, actually, I haven't, watched,
2: haven't watched it yet, but I, I it's definitely on the list. I'm saving it for work. I've got a government job, so all I do is sit and watch podcasts all day.
3: You'll like it. We talk about we talk about uh the truck stop. We talk about how a hot air balloon landed in Oakwood on their practice one day when he was in high school, and Denhart's face when that happened. We talk about name it. We we talked about it at some point. So it it is a Joe Rogan like. So we record for two hours and fifty eight minutes. I think we talked for an hour and a half before I even hit the record button, and I should have just recorded the whole thing. Just just I should have hit record.
2: Yeah. All right, you ready to jump into this?
3: Yeah, so a big hot topic that me and Brad discussed was well, you missed the first Illinois sadness men with 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 uh Wisconsin last week. That was horrific. I've never seen Wisconsin throw the ball so good. I don't think since Russell Wilson even maybe. And then uh their quarterback gets tested positive for COVID. He has two straight positive tests, so they said, okay, you sit out for 21 days, and then I think it came out that they had 22 players positive, and then Illinois had some players test positive. I don't know if it was from that game or just from, you know, something else, and I know you've got different things to say about me. I hate how that quarterback had to sit. He has to sit for 21 days, where... The health departments and the CDCs of the world say, what fourteen days, or unless like, you get like two or three negative tests in a row. Yeah. So what I got mad about was I don't I'm not the biggest fan of, of Wisconsin, but I, that kid looked really good against Illinois. Now I know it's Illinois, we made him look super super good, but I find that unfair. You know, the Big Ten basically said, "Oh, you guys want to play? Okay, we'll play, but if you get COVID, twenty one days."
2: Like, yeah, your season's
3: over. Right, because the Big Ten has no wiggle room—eight games or eight weeks—to maybe even think about the college football playoff. And now you're telling a kid, "Oh, yeah, you have to sit for 21 days." So let's say this week he tests negative. Oh, you still have to sit though.
2: Yeah. Well, here's—I I just think the whole system's a little stupid. Because you see other professional sports. I know there's a difference between professional and college, but the governing body comes in in the sport and basically says, here are the rules. That way they're even across everybody. Now you have the Big Ten that's shooting themselves in the foot, and Ohio State looks really fucking good and could probably win the playoff. And, God forbid, if they have an outbreak and lose one of these games, like if Fields wasn't at that Penn State game, I'm pretty sure they still win it. But you can't tell me that's going to happen every game.
3: No, um, I'm sure we can bring up Ohio State because I didn't type that in, but we could talk about it. You know, they looked really, really good against Nebraska. But I said against Nebraska that, Justin Fields can't be running the football all the time. He took a lot of hits. He ran the ball 15 times. But like you said, they still could probably win, but they're not going to win the national championship without him. But Ohio State's going to sit there and go, we have no room. They're going to make the college football playoff. They're going to go undefeated if they're all healthy. But let's say Justin Fields gets COVID and he has to sit for 21 days. That goes down the tube a little bit. And then Ohio State's going to sit there and go, we told you. We wanted to play from the get-go, like the SEC, and we could have done it safely. And that's kind of like Illinois, not to get all political. Instead of Illinois and the governing body, well, the IHSA, so IHSA finally said, we're going to talk to other states and see how are they playing sports safely. And I think that's the right way to go about it. Like, how are you doing it? How can we implement what you're doing? But our governor and all that don't want to do that, which that's a whole other thing. But Ohio State tried to say that from the get-go. Like, why not talk to the SEC and the ACC and say – okay, what are your doctors seeing? How are you going to go about it? How can we work together to make this safe? But now you're kind of screwing over Ohio State's of the world saying, okay, if you get COVID, I mean, Wisconsin looked really good. Let's say Wisconsin upsets Ohio State if they were going, and then Mm -hmm. they're going to go to the college football playoff, and then all of a sudden they got to sit for 21 days.
2: Okay, my question is what happens if, say, Justin Fields – gets COVID on the last week of the Big Ten season. And
3: then he has to sit for 21 days.
2: Yeah, he has to sit for 21 days. What happens if something happens and he has to miss the first game of the playoff? Well, Are they following the Big Ten rules or are they following the NCAA's rules, which they don't really have?
3: Right, that's a good point. Like Once the Big Ten season is over and they move on over to – that college football playoff, does the Big Ten's rules come into effect anymore? You're not playing the Big Ten season anymore. You're playing yeah. NCAA. But then let's say Ohio State the last week of the season, they have Justin Fields test positive and 20 players test positive, and they say, okay, we're not going to play. So they end up going 7-0 and instead of 8-0 because they just cancel it. Do they get in because they didn't play that game? Does the- I
2: think they get in because they're Ohio State.
3: But then you got BYU sitting there. Maybe they're 9-0, and and maybe that's the last team to get in. Maybe it's Clemson, Alabama. Um, let's say somebody else sneaks in, but you got a BYU or you got some one lost. Let's say Texas A&M loses one game, like you were talking about before, Texas A&M. Well, if they're sitting there and BYU gets in, Alabama, Clemson, then you got Ohio State who – didn't play the last game. They're 7-0, but you got it Texas A&M 9-1, and they only lost to Alabama, and they don't get in. Does Texas A&M sit there and say, we played an all-SEC schedule, we played more games, but you're going to let Ohio State in because they're Ohio State.
2: I mean, they played it – yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's back to pre – like I feel like we just time-traveled back in time to before the playoff existed. Where we're like arguing, does two-loss LSU need to be in the national championship? Which they don't. Yeah. You know, even though they won, it's still like... They've set themselves up to be kicked out of the playoff. And the Pac-12 did the same shit.
3: Yeah, because now you got. Look, what if Oregon goes? What are they playing? Six games. So if Oregon goes six and zero, oh, and they sit there and go, "Oh, we could make the college football playoff," but Texas A&M is like, "Oh, wait a minute, hold on a second, we're nine and yeah. one. We lost Out of the, SEC. the SEC. We're nine and one. Our only loss was to Alabama. Who Alabama looks really, really good, even without um, how do you say his name? Waddle. How you say Waddle." It? because he, he's out for the season, which is unfortunate, but they still – I know it's Mississippi State, but did you see Mississippi State had, like, the number one defense? And Alabama came in and said, oh, you're the number one defense? We're the number yeah. one offense. Like
2: It's like that meme with Jordan. It's like number one defense, and I took that personally.
3: <sighs> yeah, I mean, so it's, it's all stupid. I just don't – I don't get why the Big Ten is – it literally was the Big Ten didn't want to play. They saw everyone else doing it safely, and they said, oh, you want to play? Okay. Here's the here's what's going to happen. And I understand being safe. So I understand the 14 days or until you get two or three negative tests within – take one for yeah. two, like Nick Saban did. If you do that, I get it.
2: To check and see if it's a false positive or something.
3: Right. Now, this kid took two tests, and they are both positive. So that means he has it. Um. But then, let's say, because COVID, we still don't know. So let's say he got tested positive Tuesday. He could test today, and it could be negative. It doesn't have to be the full 14 days. So then he could start it, and then, I don't know, it's it's unfair. I know they want to be safe, overly cautious, but it's unfair. Um, and then, like we were talking, Wisconsin didn't play because they had 22 people test positive. I think Illinois had 15 or 18, but they still played. And it would make more sense for Wisconsin to play because they have something to fight for. Illinois wasn't going to the college football playoff. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. That's a big hot take. We did that for a while. This is a hot take. I don't get it.
2: I don't get – well, I do. I know exactly why Wisconsin got to skip a week and Illinois didn't because Wisconsin matters to the Big Ten and Illinois doesn't. Like, at the end of the day, Wisconsin is – one of our two chances for the college football playoff. So they don't want to fuck with that, but they don't give a shit if Illinois on their 4 string quarterback has to go play Purdue. Right. So Illinois had to gut out a loss, which could have been a win. I think if they were at full strength, but you know, I guess that's the way it goes when you're not one of the premier programs in the Big Ten.
3: Well, then kind of goes back to does Illinois have to play because they need the money. They need that money to upgrade all those facilities. Like Wisconsin said, does Illinois need to continue to play because of recruiting? Like, oh, we're still on TV. where you know, Lovey Smith, is he fighting for his job all of a sudden? Like, do they have to play for him to fight for that at the same time?
2: And you and I texted about this during the game. Like, is this Lovey Smith's last year? Are we? Yeah, we're officially in sadness mode at this point.
3: Yeah, we're we're in sadness. Um, I didn't know if Illinois was going to beat Wisconsin. That was not a thing. But like Purdue, even though Purdue has improved, if Illinois was at full strength, maybe we would have won that game. I think. I don't know if this is Lovey Smith's last year. I was thinking about it this morning. Do coaches get passes this year because it's COVID, or is it, oh, okay, you're playing now, we're still paying you. COVID or not. Lucky Land Casino asking
2: people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
2: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Shopify presents Cool Sheets from Aha to... Lying awake while you bake isn't Cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I
2: thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive
0: online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide from aha to anything is possible.
1: This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start
3: selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com free 22. Shopify.com free 22. You have to perform well because there's going to be coaches fired after this year. We're going to see it um COVID or not um because like for example COVID you're still going to work if you don't do your job even though it's COVID you're gonna get fired um I'm sure your dad's going to work and doing stuff if he doesn't perform he's gonna get fired you know so that's where you have to look at as a normal job okay lovey you're still going to work this is supposed to be a good team like a decent team because your recruits are in They're growing up a little bit. Now you're 0-2. So I thought about it, and I kind of said, I think if they do not do something quick, his seat's already a little warm. I think it's going to be the hot seat after this, and then next year he's going to be on a short leash is what I think is going to happen. I think he'll still be the head coach, but then I think he's on a hot seat.
2: I think that... Thing is, like Illinois' AD Whitman tends to give guys a lot of rope. Like, he'll give you time to build a program and get it the way you want it. And I think that's like wound up working really well for him in basketball. I mean, still remains to be seen, I guess. But this, like, I keep waiting for Illinois to do something and, like, make that next step. And last year was the first year I was like, okay, they're playing, like, good, complimentary football. This team is, like, sound defensively. They're not exciting on offense, but they're, like, competent, kind of. And now this year, I know yesterday was hard because they were shorthanded and everything, but that offense looked bad. Mm -hmm. They just looked bad. And – the defensive backs look terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, our defensive backfield is the worst I've ever seen, I think, in Illinois defense play, which, again, sucks because their front seven is legitimate. Like, yeah. you don't really run the ball on Illinois.
3: Yeah, when I was watching Wisconsin, the Wisconsin game on Friday, or last Friday, I was like, man, our our defensive line doesn't get a lot of pass rush. But when Wisconsin tried to run the ball, we could get off the blocks and tackle the line. The linebackers could flow. It was pass per, It was uh, yeah, pass protect or uh, dropping back into pass coverage. It was all that crap, and it, it showed again in Purdue. Then we kind of woke up in the fourth quarter. It was like, oh, let's play. And one thing about Illinois, they look like. This is me going overboard. I think. When you watch their corners and safeties for Illinois, and they make a play, they're too busy pumping their chest. They're too busy doing this, doing that. And it's like, shut up! You're, you're Illinois. You are zero and two now. At the time, zero and one. You're losing to Purdue by twenty points. Quit pumping your chest. And the thing about Loving, he never was like this. And I don't. I'm not saying a coach needs to be yelling and screaming. But if I was Lovey, I would lose it. Be like, shut up, and you do know. your job. It seems like Illinois doesn't want to be there. They kept talking about how they wanted to play, but now it looks like they don't want to be there anymore. There's something else on their minds or something else is going on. And I don't want to get too political. I know things are happening in the world that we all need to address sometimes. But at the same time, when you step on the field, you're there to play football. That's your job. I'm sorry to say college athletes, that's your job for a second. Then the moment it's over, then you go back to what the world is. But for that moment, you're fighting for your scholarship. Those coaches are coaching for their jobs. And... If you don't want to play, don't play. But they just don't like they want to be there besides the defensive line wants to be there. They're playing. The linebackers are playing. And then I wanted to find out, is Lovey Smith calling the defense? Because if he's not, he might take it back over if it continues.
2: Something needs to happen there. Like, I don't think he's calling plays on defense.
3: No, it looks like he's just kind of advising. Yeah. But this is what happened when he was first hired. He was doing defense at first. And then he kind of handed it over because he wanted to have, be more hands-on. Then it wasn't working. So then I remember he took it back over, and they started to play a little well. When you go back and forth, back and forth, those kids are like, who do we trust? Who are we going to react to?
2: Well, and if I hire Lovey Smith to be my head coach in my college football team, like, I don't want him to give over play calling.
3: No. Um,
2: hire that dude to improve your defense.
3: Right, I mean, the only time – so it depends on who you are. Coaches, Head coaches in college are more like CEOs. They have to make sure everything's flowing. They have to handle a lot. So, like, Nick Saban does not call defense. But you best believe if it's fourth and five or something, he's saying what to do. But he's not calling the defense. He has yeah. to have his fingerprints all over the place. So if I'm Lovey Smith, you need to make a decision – Call the defense and stick with it. The next year, don't say, I'm giving up the defensive play calls. You need to sit there and say, I'm the defensive coordinator, and we're going. If you're going to be hands-off, be hands-off. And if it's not working, then you fix it. And, you know, that's why you don't see a lot of head coaches do that stuff. Like, Mike Leach calls offense. Um, I know Gus called offense for a while at Auburn, and it works. But you don't see a lot of head coaches in college calling plays. They have a say in it. Um, mm-hmm. but if you're trying to be like a Nick Saban, it's not going to work at Illinois. Like you have to be one or the other. And like I said, I don't know what's going on. I'm not there. Um, but like you said, if you're levy Smith, if you hire levy Smith, you expect to have a good defense, whether you're calling it or not. That's what you're known for is defense. Your your freaking Tampa two defense. Hmm.
2: Well, okay. And this is the last thing I'm going to say about Illinois, because this is just devolving into something really sad. More sad than I think we wanted it to be. You were talking about recruiting, like they wanted to play because of recruiting. This is a little, I'm going to get a little fired up here. Why the fuck would you come to Illinois after seeing Matt? Right, like, right. I would almost rather not have them playing at all. You stand a better chance at recruiting a kid to come play there. Than watching that dumpster fire that they put out for two straight weeks.
3: Oh, right. Like when they hired Lovey Smith, it was his recruiting was, I'm Lovey Smith. I know what it takes to get the NFL. Trust me. And it worked for a while. Remember, they have the youngest team, I think, in the nation, or at least Mm -hmm. in the in the power five. And it was his safeties and corners. Well, guess what? They're juniors now or something and they're not, they're not playing well yeah so you're right recruiting wise this and this is why should they have played should they have decided to take the week off because you're right recruiting now is like oh but guess what we're gonna fall back on they had what 15 players out or something i don't know they had a lot of players out yesterday so it could fall back on oh we weren't at full strength I think that's why you're seeing Illinois finally pump some money out and say we're we're going to build this facility, we're going to build this facility, and that's why I think once those are done, Lovey Smith's going to be on the hot seat. It's like okay, we spent this money. I know Whitman's going to give him time, but he's giving him time. But now it's going to be like, hey, guess what? State of Illinois is a dumpster fire. COVID hit; it's even more of a dumpster fire. We spent all this money from our donors and our boosters to do this. Now we have to start getting recruits. We have to win. Or at least compete. They have to compete and not ha- let this happen. And if not, we're going to have to go find a new head coach. And hopefully Mike Leach shows up. That's what I, I kind of want. But well, uh, I don't know.
2: Yeah, good luck with that. All right. All right I'm these, done. Let's move on.
3: All right. These ones, I don't know if we'll go through fast or not. We'll find out. Texas, Oklahoma State. Let me find my thing up here because I got new technology. What, did it go to overtime, and Texas won 41-34 against Oklahoma State? Mm-hmm. Um, again, Texas was down, and they had to come back again. I think it was their first win against a top-10 ranked team since, like, 2010 or something. So, Texas finally got that monkey off their back. Um, I don't know. You need to correct me if I'm wrong. Every time Oklahoma State is ranked high they screw it up at some point. And that's why I don't trust, I've never trusted Oklahoma State. But I was watching the game. They have some athletes. They were making some big plays. And then, down the stretch, they stopped being so aggressive. They kind of, like, were playing not to lose. And the mole. he looked like he cut his mullet, too. Maybe that's why his mole looked a little that thinner that, than that it used to.
2: Yeah. Here's, here's my thing. Like, I think Texas is a better team physically than Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. I think they don't have the offense because their offense isn't built like Oklahoma State. But this is the same thing. Like If you have a high-powered offense, high-powered offense gives you the ability to be sixth in the nation, but it's also probably going to take it away at some point when the wheels fall off. And the wheels didn't really fall off. Sanders threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. Um, But you bring in a team like Texas that's physically just better than you. And then you get down the fourth quarter and Sam Ellinger starts to run again, which is the only way he's an effective quarterback, because if he's legitimately a threat to run, which he only does in the second half for some reason has his entire career. It was just rough to see, because I like Oklahoma State. They're fun to watch. See them drop a game like this to Texas.
3: Yeah, and Oklahoma State turned the ball over five times. And that's kind of what did it, because if you look on paper, and this is why me as a football coach I love stats I love paper I love seeing that stuff but at the end of the day it's film so if you look at that on paper Texas had 287 total yards Oklahoma State had 530 so you're looking at it and you're like oh man they should win Oklahoma State had 35 first downs Texas had 18 first downs uh it was the five it was turned the ball over and then Kudos to Texas because I can't stand Sam Ellinger, but bless it. Like I don't like the I don't like the phrase grinding it out, but they did. They just held on, and I think it's Oklahoma State's defense once again. Their offense, I mean, you're you're scoring thirty some points, you should win. Their defense, no, it just did not match Texas and gave up some big plays. And Texas defense can be really, really good or really, really bad.
2: Okay, I, I have something. Here, Texas, I think, came in with a game plan that's like, we can't match up with this Wallace kid, Oklahoma State's best receiver. And they just held him. They like ate the PI calls Mm -hmm. all afternoon. Just like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to wrap you up. That is, I think, the problem with college is that pass interference isn't a spot foul. Because if pass interference is a spot foul, I think Oklahoma State wins that game.
3: Yeah. um, Maybe that'll change if you start seeing it, because we don't see it a lot. You know, maybe you're going to start seeing it now. Um,
2: Think about it. Like, if your defensive backs physically can't match up with a guy, it's the same way in high school. Like, just grab him. I'd rather live to fight another down than let him break off for 80 yards.
3: Well, then you hold them to get – it's It's a mind game. You start holding them to where he can't get off his release. You get to where he's not catching the football. They're going to start imploding. So, I mean, it's uh-huh. not a bad strategy, It, but it's a dangerous one because what if your defensive guy all of a sudden is getting mad like – you're risking it and
2: well think about like it reminds me of not to go to the pros here but do you remember uh early on with the seahawks they kind of had this you're not going to call me for defensive holding every play so i'm just going to do it you know and you're right i think that works it gets you like frustrated that you know, I'm physically dominating you, but you're still winning this matchup because it's only a 15 yard call for holding. Right. You know, I just think that college needs to clean that up.
3: And maybe they will. Maybe they will. Who knows? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think growing up, you and I remember Oklahoma State being good at times, and then they screwed it up. It was when was it when Baker Mayfield was there. Oklahoma State was ranked pretty high and it was that big showdown like oh it's oklahoma state and oklahoma and oklahoma showed up and flexed and said remember who we are we run the state for football and so that's the next question is how long does mike gundy stay and that was a question in the off season when all that crap happened if they get rid of him though they owe him a lot of money so they Um, talked about that like that's why he's still there now here in a couple years i think he's gone if he doesn't do something um Not saying he's a terrible coach, but man, if you're this offensive guru, this shouldn't happen. I mean, you are scoring the points, but you have to have a defense, and so there has to be something. I don't know. Like I said, we're gonna go through these pretty fast, guys. Like whoever I I don't know, nobody's watching, but people listen on later on. Yeah, where's Nathan? Where's he? I forgot to tell you. Someone commented at ten forty nine, says Nathan Hopkins. So if that's Nathan West incognito, we're gonna have a problem. (laughs) And they asked a question. They said, is Clemson really good without Trevor Lawrence? And I replied saying, I think they're still good because they have a good system, a culture, and they have a good coaching staff. So Nathan Hopkins, if that's Nathan West...
1: You really can sell to anyone from anywhere.
0: This is Possibility, powered
3: by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. you ain't fooling with me. We're on to you. All right, so I don't know. Oklahoma State's got to fix it. Um, that might be the only game they lose, though. Um, well, that's, that's why Oklahoma later, don't they?
2: Yes. Yeah.
3: So maybe they lose to Oklahoma. Oklahoma scored 62 points yesterday.
2: Yeah, that game. I flipped over to that early. I was like, oh, it's probably just before halftime, and they're already hanging a 40-burger on them. And I'm like, ah, nope. <laughs> I have other things to watch.
3: That was my kind of thing. All right, then yep. real quick. We just want to talk about Georgia and uh, Kentucky. Georgia only scored 14 points. And only gave up three. So kudos to Kentucky, uh, their defense, for controlling Georgia's offense. Um, uh, where's the stats here? This I, I, I'm kind of glad I didn't watch this one because I think I would have been bored. But uh, that Bennett kid for Georgia, you kept talking, does he play, does he play? Maybe he doesn't because he was he was 19-13, 131 yards. two interceptions it was their run game uh well with this one guy uh white he had 26 carries for 136 yards and one touchdown so i think this was just one of those ball control type of games like kentucky did not want georgia to get it and georgia did not want kentucky to get it
2: okay here's the thing you cannot in all goodwill keep Georgia at number five after this game, right?
3: Right, I agree. They need a drop.
2: And we've talked about this a couple times now in a couple different weeks. You cannot keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect the results to be different in a big game. Like if you're Georgia, I know your team is built around defense and ball control, but, Jesus, 14 points against a team that you are, like, so much physically better than? Like, think about Wisconsin, okay? Look at what Wisconsin does to teams that they're physically better than. They hang 50 points on them and throw the ball four times. Like, and that the crazy thing is, Georgia has a good quarterback sitting on their bench. And then you're throwing Stetson Bennett out there to throw two interceptions in this game. Like, I realize it's a good story, and he's only lost one game. He hasn't won these games. He's won one of them, kind of. The team as a whole is winning these games. He's doing nothing to help you.
3: Well, and then I'm going to play devil's advocate. Is Kentucky actually better than everyone thinks and is able to do this stuff and hang? Or was it Georgia just overlooking Kentucky? I mean, Georgia already had their Super Bowl with Alabama. So are they just kind of going to coast?
2: And hope to sneak back into the playoff?
3: Which I don't think they will if we'll get to it in a little bit. I mean, if Clemson goes undefeated, they're going to be in. Even if they lose one game, they still probably get in. But Clemson loses if Clemson's undefeated, Alabama's undefeated, they get in. But then you have to look at what if, what if Georgia and Texas A&M both go 9-1? and one?
2: I'd rather see Texas A&M.
3: I kind of do too, but they both lost to Alabama. So then you have to look at the, the game and say which one was closer. where they both got their butts kicked. Yeah. So do you put both of them in? No, and have it be an think, SEC Clemson thing, or do you look at BYU that's undefeated and put them in over one of them
2: or Notre Dame
3: or Notre Dame? If Notre, so, D- if Notre, Dame, if Notre Dame beats Clemson, you
2: know, Notre Dame has a lo- hell of a lot better chance at winning next week now because Trevor Lawrence is out, an undefeated Notre Dame team should be in – oh, God, I hate myself right now – should be in above Texas a or Georgia. And I went on that big, long rant two weeks ago about how shitty it was for Notre Dame to, like, not open up their full playbook. And then they did. Yeah. But this is – if you're a legit contender, you should be beating the hell out of a 2 and. They were two and three at the time, I guess, right? Two and three Kentucky team. Right.
3: But that's where you, you and I said we would never watch another Notre Dame game. And I clipped I flipped over to it yesterday just because I wanted to see if they were opening up their playbook, which they did. They were rolling out, they were throwing, they were doing this, they were doing that. Um that's interesting. You know Let's say Notre Dame loses one game to Clemson. Um Texas A&M and Georgia are both 9-1, and, and their loss was to Alabama.
2: So Those you, are equal
3: yes, to who, me. Who do you put in?
2: I think you got put in one of the – I hate myself so much right now. You got put, put in one of the SEC teams because they play a harder schedule.
3: Yeah, and uh, I guess. To them,
2: to me, being a one-loss team in the SEC is a hell of a lot harder than being a one-loss team in the ACC.
3: Yeah. It's going back to uh, what it was before. You know, this college football playoff was supposed to fix it, and now we're sitting here right back at it.
2: Having the same stupid arguments we had with the BCS.
3: Right, and – so I know <clears throat> they're all probably sitting out there going, man, I hope Texas A&M loses again, or I hope Georgia loses again. I know it's what everybody's thinking, because if I'm BYU, who looks good, I'm not saying they're going to beat Alabama, but I think they, they have some big boys. They have a Heisman quarterback. If they go undefeated and you put in Clemson and Alabama and BYU's sitting there undefeated and you decide to put in Notre Dame, Georgia, or Notre Dame, Texas a and I would be pissed. Like, we just went undefeated. Mm-hmm. And I think only one game have they not, like, just destroyed people. Besides that, they're putting they're winning by 20 to 30 points. So that's the pressure for BYU, I think, is they have to win the rest of their games by, like, 30 points to make a point. Like, hey, we, we deserve a shot to, be- to go play Notre Dame or go to play Clemson, who I think, clemson or alabama would destroy byu but i don't know um but yeah i think georgia and we said this before georgia needs to change up their offense i think i think this pro style stuff it can work a little bit but if kentucky comes out and plays tough and you can't distribute the ball around and relying on this kid who played okay up until alabama you can't rely on that anymore. Like I think that's why Alabama switched to the offense they have because now they're able to run the ball if they want, but they can also open it up and RPO it or deep pass, and
2: and they still controlled the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. If you want to be a ball control like team and play good defense, at a certain point you have to look at your offense and be like, yeah, it's pro style. This should work, but it's not. We're just not possessing the ball enough to make this style of play work. And, like, in all honesty, this Georgia team, I love their defense. I worry about them next week they play Florida.
3: Yeah, and Florida, that's if they don't – and Florida has a really, really good – and that's the thing. So Dan Mullen runs a Ohio State – wants to run an Ohio State type offense because he was the offense coordinator for, for Urban Meyer before – and he ran that type of offense at Mississippi State when he had Dak Prescott, and it worked. They went really. I think they won ten games when they had Dak Prescott at Mississippi State. Um. Whoops. Um, and he adapted now at Florida to say, "I don't have a running quarterback. We're going to pass it." And guess what? They can pass it and they can run. So if I'm Georgia, and that's the thing. I've said this before, and we can wrap it up after this. Clemson said, we can't recruit and play to win just the ACC. We have to recruit and play to beat Alabama. That's what they're doing. If you're Georgia, I know you you could have beat them in a national championship game a few years ago. But now you have to sit there and go, we have to recruit and play differently to beat Alabama. And Clemson, because Clemson looks like an SEC team. If you put them in the SEC, they compete. So, Absolutely. So I think Kirby Smart needs to sit there and go, okay, our offense works pretty well until we play Alabama or we get to the playoff. And so now we need to make the decision of do we recruit, do we just keep doing what we're doing and expect a different result, which is the definition of insanity, or we change it up. And I think they should change it up. And then, But kudos for Kentucky for just saying, screw it. We're going to come out and play as tough as we can. And they could have won.
2: That's what I said a while back. Like, Kentucky is aggressively, like, competent. They're a competent football team. You know what you're going to get with them week in, week out. It's not going to be flashy, but they're going to, like, stay in games. Which I think is awesome. Like, I'm happy. Kind of the same way I'm happy about uh, Arkansas. Like, just to see that turnaround. And their coach got a lot of shine this week about, you know, kind of the job he's done there. But, yeah, I think it's pretty impressive to watch Kentucky in some of these big games really hang in there.
3: Yeah. So I don't know. I said Stoops could get fired. But if they keep playing this way, I don't think, I think he'll keep his job. So next one, we can talk about Clemson and Boston College. And then we can even discuss. What's going to happen next week? We have to watch Notre Dame again. Um, but Notre Dame opened up their playbook. They're scoring more points. I think they – I don't know. They didn't play for a while, so maybe it was. Now they have practice time. Maybe they're now they're like, okay, we can start doing some stuff. And I don't know. But everybody knows Trevor Lawrence tested positive for COVID. And so he couldn't play. They had to play their freshman quarterback. And Cle- or Boston College was winning – were they winning by 18 or 20 at one point?
2: Yeah, it was 28 to 13.
3: Yeah, so then I came not even pronounce the Clemson quarterback's last name. I'm just going to say DJ. <laughs> he, th- he was 30 of 41 for 342 yards, two touchdowns. He averaged 8.3 yards at completion. And then... Uh, that's incredible that you have a quarterback that's a freshman or whatever come in off the bench and say, oh, we can play. And like I told you before we went live and recorded was Boston College was able to do that stuff, I think, because it's a freshman. Boston College was just has nothing to lose. Let's go out and play. Clemson had to figure it out. They didn't have their leader because Trevor Lawrence is a leader. And then Clemson adjusted well. That was the thing, and I said that that Nathan Hopkins guy said, that's why I said it. Um, When you have a culture and you have a consistent coaching staff, because Dabbo's when he keeps his coaches, they were able to adjust at halftime and come out and score 18 straight points. And then Clemson has a good defense and Clemson has a good run game. So I think that took some pressure off of this kid to throw the ball.
2: Yeah, I mean, it comes down to like, Clemson's just physically better than Boston College, Mm -hmm. so for them to lose that game, that quarterback basically had to implode. You know, like, and I think kudos to Boston College for going and shooting your shot against them. You know, it worked for a half. That's great. I think next week against Notre Dame, we will see a different Clemson team, having had an extra week of practice, giving this quarterback an extra, you know, week of practice with all the number ones on the roster. I'm, I'm not too worried about him. I do think that Clemson's defense needs to be better.
3: Well, and then I was looking up. I didn't really watch this whole game. During the game, Illinois was on. And then I switched it, and then Illinois was coming back. But if you look at the rushing, the, the Travis kid seven or uh, receiving, excuse me. Uh, no, 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 rushing, Sorry, Travis. He had uh, Steve. You're losing your mind. Anyway, Are
2: you talking about Clemson's running back ETN?
3: Yeah. So. They had a good run game, but then if you look at the receivers, the receivers made big-time plays. So I think this was the opportunity for the receivers without Trevor Lawrence to say, let's just show our talent. Let's just show what we can do. And and like you said, I did a podcast episode about, not my own, and I it was Jimmys and Joes and X's and O's. I say it's both, but I also said that I'm not naive to the fact that sometimes you could have the Jimmys and Joes and X's and O's, but the other team has the Jimmys and Joes. It just takes over. Boston College in the first half, they have some good guys, don't get me wrong. They had the X's and O's thing down the first half, and then the second half, Jimmy's and Joes took over for Clemson. And when you got, Or it was respect, just straight up coaching. And then straight up coaching, it's straight up again. That's why I love the spread offensive stuff because Clemson's in a spread power run. Start a journey, not a fad. and they go by what's working. So if the run game isn't exactly working, they have to go and put that kid in a good situation. So they were doing play actions, they were doing short passes, and those receivers are very big and very talented to break away and make these big plays. So kudos to Boston College. I didn't think it was going to, when I heard Trevor Lawrence wasn't going to play, I still sat there and said Clemson's going to blow him out. But Boston College said, nope, we're going to do what we do, and then We can even talk about next week. We have to watch Notre Dame again. But here's the thing. It's going to be interesting. Like you just said, you brought this up. Clemson's going to be different next week. They're going to practice because that's the other thing. Trevor Lawrence can't play next week because of this COVID test with the ACC and their guidelines of what that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. I kind of hope this is a ploy and Trevor Lawrence just comes walking onto the field.
2: Give him the old oop-de-oop.
3: The old oop-de-oop. I think Dabo's just like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to screw with Kelly over at Notre Dame. You're going to see a different team and Cle- One of two things are going to happen. I've you've seen this and I've seen this. A kid comes in and does really well. And then when he actually has a full week of practice, like Michigan for freaking example, that guy that kid comes in, does really well against Minnesota. He has even more time to practice, and then he takes a crap in the bed against uh, uh, Michigan State. So is this? We're going to see one of two things. He's going to come in. And just blow everybody out of the water because he has a full week of practice, two more weeks of practice under his under his belt now. Or is he going to come in and implode? And then on the flip side, Notre Dame has a big physical defense. You're going to give them film on this kid now and say, okay, what's his strength? And that's what they're going to do. Are they going to focus on what he's good at and take it away? Or are they going to say, oh, this could be his weakness. Let's try to make sure that we implode his weaknesses. So Notre Dame's going to come in with a game plan to say this is what they do. We have film on this quarterback now. We have film on what happened. We can really go about it. And Notre Dame has a big physical defense. And Notre Dame, I was watching the the clips I watched them with Georgia Tech. Notre Dame's going to come in and say we have to keep the ball away from Clemson. Notre Dame has some huge offensive linemen. And they have some huge tight ends. They got to the 10-yard line and they brought in three tight ends. And ran the ball. And that inside zone, I've never seen a wall so good with inside zone. Mm -hmm. And it was all linemen and tight ends.
2: Well, I know, like, you and I, before we started, we're talking about strength and conditioning programs. Notre Dame puts out some linemen. Mm -hmm. man, Like, they're huge. They're effective. They're excellent run blockers. They're, like, nasty at the point of attack. And I realize we're talking about Notre Dame and we're not talking about Clemson right now, but next week, I think you will see Clemson's front seven for the first time this year met by a physical offensive line that can handle them. Right. And it may further expose the rest of that defense. Now the difference is you brought up Harbaugh and we're going to talk about Harbaugh here in a second. Like, I trust Dabo Sweeney to go in at halftime and make adjustments where when you see a Harbaugh coach team, it's either his game plan works and they beat someone handedly or or the other team made an adjustment and your game plan isn't working. And Harbaugh does not really make halftime adjustments. Like I've never seen, even when he was with the 49ers, like, his team's going to come in with a plan, and they either stick with it or they fail.
3: Right, and we'll get to them in a second. but um, And that's the thing. So I think, I think in the first half of this Clemson-Notre Dame game, if Notre Dame comes out and plays well, it's going to be close, like a Boston College game. And then it's going to come down to, is Kelly going to do halftime adjustments, which he doesn't either. I'm not the biggest fan of Kelly there at Notre Dame. I'm not. Are they going to adjust, or is it Dabo Sweeney? And at the end of the day, I trust Dabo Sweeney and his staff to adjust more. But if Notre Dame plays keep away, it'll be interesting if they get those tight ends blocking. It's going to be interesting. And then, like, you've already brought it up. Might as well go on. We're at 50 minutes. we got to keep this thing rolling. We're This is what happens. Michigan and Michigan State. I did not even want to watch the game. I said I watched Michigan play Minnesota. I don't know if you caught that game. Michigan looked good. Their defense looked good. I thought they finally did an actual spread offense and spread everybody out. They have this Mm -hmm. and that going on. I think they found a spread quarterback. Ooh, hold on. We have a comment. Coach West. Coach West is commenting in the house. He said, was Boston College a trap game? Without Lawrence, that that effect was multiplied. I think Boston College could have been that trap game, but is it a trap game if Lawrence plays or was it a trap game because Lawrence wasn't playing?
2: I think it's less of a trap game because Lawrence wasn't there. Like the definition of a trap game to me is like, we're at full strength. This team's not as good as us. We have a big game next week. I think the second they lost Trevor Lawrence, it kind of in my mind and teams that I've been on, haven't watched football over the years. Like if you lose your quarterback, You're more likely to be engaged for that game.
3: So, what you're saying is if Trevor Lawrence was playing, it was a trap. Was it a trap game if Lawrence was playing? Like, if before we found out he wasn't playing, was it a trap game or was Notre Dame going to be a trap game? Or is that not even the definition because Notre Dame is good?
2: Yeah, that's the thing. It's got to be like a trap game is the game before you have a big game next week. And it's got to be against, like, a semi-competent team like Boston College. And then they come in and, like, play their best football and beat you. A team that shouldn't but can if you're not paying attention. You know.
3: Well, if we want to look at Clemson's schedule, they play Notre Dame. Then they have to play Florida State, Pittsburgh, and Virginia Tech. So is Pittsburgh a trap game or is Virginia Tech? Because Virginia Tech is usually a good football team. Are those definitions? Because I didn't think Boston College was going to be a trap game because I didn't think Boston College was a, as good as – I don't know. That's a good question, Nathan. Look what you did. Coach West, look what you did. I don't know. I
2: don't, think, I don't think anyone in the ACC stands the chance of throwing Clemson off other than Notre Dame. Like, even though Boston College gave them a run for their money in the first half, like, I still really didn't ever doubt that Clemson was going to win that game.
3: I didn't either. Like, I, I, I guess you could say it was a trap game just because, like like you said, and probably what Nathan here is alluding to is trap games are those games that you're expected to win right before you play a team that you're, that's going to be the game. So we all have that Notre Dame game circled. Um. Even before the season, like it's going to have to be Notre Dame and Clemson. Nobody's going to challenge. So yes, I guess Boston College was a trap game. And then when Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing, it still has that effect of a trap game because you're Clemson. You have no excuses. If Alabama, like Alabama, lost a wide receiver, there is no excuses. They have to go out and score points. So it's not like Illinois losing a good player, like oh or whatever. You know, Illinois is Illinois. I think we all are no more. I think you, me, and Nathan are no longer Illinois fans after this point. We have to move no. on.
2: No, it's – I've got it, like, branded into my soul that I just get to be sad about Illinois athletics for the rest of my life.
3: Hey, Brad, just become a – if you become a uh, Nick Saban fan, life is pretty good.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, no, 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 look. My Salukis won yesterday they, or Friday.
3: They did. Um, I talked to the defensive coordinator at Naperville North. He went to he went to Southern and played football. He He graduated right before you got there, I think and he's a huge southern you know what's funny though i talked to him on my podcast i said hey i visit southern a lot and he goes oh yeah it's a good place and i said uh yeah uh, solar bear and polar bear and he looked at me in the eye and he said man i was there just to play football and i said really and he was like we could talk later (laughs) Coach coach west said roll tide and their strength and conditioning coaches Cool. You
2: know, you know what makes that really easy when you get the best recruits in the nation.
3: But that's because Nick Saban is the best at what he does.
2: Like, I think an impressive, like, strength and conditioning program is something like Iowa or even Notre Dame to an extent. We were talking about them. Like, when you're really good at putting out just huge people, even though you're not getting the. same style of recruits
3: yeah so I think Boston College was Clemson's trap game and I think another one could be Virginia Virginia Tech at the end of the year but then the problem with that is Clemson's rolling by the end of the year depends on what Virginia Tech's doing so but I think this game's gonna be good I hope it's not gonna be good because you and I are gonna watch it Notre Dame's gonna run the same play over and over and over again but it should be a good game if Clem, if Notre Dame can't runs the ball with all their... If they stick to what they do like the Bears need to freaking do, stick to their tight ends and run the freaking ball, if Notre Dame does that, they're going to be okay. So Michigan, Michigan State, I, was not even on my radar because Michigan looked really, really good against Minnesota. I thought they found a good quarterback. They wanted a running quarterback. They wanted to run the spread. They want to spread it out, which is fantastic. That's what the Big Ten is. If I see the triple option come to Illinois, I'm definitely never going to be a fan ever again.
2: Um, they'd probably win more football games.
3: Let's not even get me started. <laughs> I have to get my Bang Energy Drink out of the fridge in order to to, to have that conversation. So tune into my podcast okay. later because I'm gonna go off about Mike Leach and all that. We're gonna get. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna be fiery, and that's gonna that's, that's gonna be. Uh, you see, I I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore.
2: Yeah, you are you okay? Are you having a stroke?
3: My blood pressure you're, is extremely high. I need my vitamin D.
2: And you get to watch the Bears lose in primetime tonight.
3: Who's playing? Oh, the Bears and the Saints are playing. Oh, yeah. and then Dallas Cowboys are playing the Philadelphia Eagles for a freaking Sunday night primetime toilet bowl. Yeah. But anyway, this was not even on my radar because of how Michigan State played last week. And how Michigan played, I said, this is not even on my radar. And I should have known better because Michigan State shows up to play Michigan. So what does this come down to? Is Jim Harbaugh on the hot seat?
2: I think he's in the same kind of situation that Lovey's in for a different reason. Like Illinois has a good athletic director that I think will give Lovey time and will forgive this season just because he's Lovey Smith and you want to believe like Lovey did a lot to clean that program up the same way Harbaugh did when he first got there like do you remember how much of a dumpster fire Michigan was when Harbaugh got there
3: mhm
2: it was just absolute trash cuz it was Brady Hoke before that right
3: is that the guy who never wore a headset and then would put it on once in a while and it bothered us
2: is no that, he came from we're... Temple yeah and he like It was the Denard Robinson era.
3: Oh, on the last NCAA game that I never bought. God bless it. Yeah, Way to bring that up. See, this is such a horrible day. What a horrible freaking day.
2: What a horrible day. No, I think Harbaugh is going to be given a little bit of leeway just because he's like, Michigan has that stupid thing where they're like, we have to hire a Michigan man. Like somebody who, which... Congratulations, like you're feeding into the same shit over and over again. Like, hey, we we believe it's still the 1980s and we're Michigan University and we're going to be the best team in the Big Ten. You're not. You're not even close. It's probably Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, then you. Maybe. You know? And I, I
3: root for them too. I want Michigan – I want them to beat Ohio State. I want them to be good.
2: Oh, I want somebody to be better than Ohio State. I can't stand Ohio State. Can't stand them. I haven't been able to stand them since uh, Terrell Pryor was there back in the day. Like, but it's annoying to me because you see it's the same problem I have with Georgia. You just see the exact same Michigan team every year. And you're right. They have a different quarterback. They tried to run a different offense. But it's the problem I have with Jim Harbaugh. Like, he's so – I see this happen with coaches where it's like, this is my game plan. We're going to ride or die with this game plan. And I think as a head coach, this is just me. Like, I'm not a coach. You're a coach. Coach West, if you quit being a coward and get on the podcast, you can talk about it. Like, it takes a big man to admit, hey, my game plan's wrong. Like, let's scrap this and move on to the next thing
3: well as a coach though like when you go in with a game plan and i've had this conversation even just about offense like i'm a spread guy these wing t guys when you go into a game you don't expect your game plan to be wrong and you have and now there's adjustments and what i mean by adjustments is offensive line perspective okay we block power so when you block power you have to go to the opposite backer and a tweak to that is, oh, the playside backers is causing problems. That tackle should just go get him, and that's a tweak. That's a that's this. Oh, well, instead of calling this play, of tagging this, tagging this, that's our adjustments offensively. Defensively is Coach West's thing. Like, he's got a, I don't know, defensive adjustments how you do that. So I guess you don't throw out your game plan and say this, this, right? you have to stick to what you practice that week because if you start doing something else, you're kind of abandoning it. But I do think... He doesn't adjust well. I think if Michigan's doing well in the first half, they're like, oh, let's continue to do what we do and not be prepared. And the other team adjusts well and says, oh, okay, we were running a lot of this coverage, let's do this, or let's just line up this way, or let's line up this way. Um, and I think, in a way, you're right. And in a way, I think Jim Harbaugh is just kind of like, this is what we do. I'm not adjusting. we got to stick to it. But at the same time, You have to have a plan if this is going to happen. Uh oh. Uh oh.
2: Uh oh. Look who grew some nuts.
0: Yeah. Well, I figured I could sit on YouTube all day and just chat it up or actually, like, <laughs> give you my opinion. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Absolutely.
3: Good. I don't have to type anymore. This multitasking technology shit is getting in the way.
0: <laughs> That's what was happening? Steve was having to type back to me, so he looked like he was having a
3: stroke. He wasn't. Oh, I've
2: got to say, yes. Yeah, steve's sitting there trying to do two things at once. I see his brain just fine. Well,
3: because I got this going, OBS yeah. going. I got to type. I got to look at my paper. I got to. I need to retire. I'm Thank you
0: for those banners down below. The banners gotta work. This banner Which idea. by the way, was there any uh pre-game craziness with Michigan and Michigan State? Because like they kept showing the video of the Michigan guy like basically stomping on the Michigan State figurehead like last year.
3: I
2: didn't see uh,
0: anything. Okay. They, they just kept it? like one of their vi- one of their players like tweeted out like he was standing on the M and in Michigan State like were coming out like locked in arms and stuff. So I didn't know if there was anything like with that or not. I don't know. I think they just
3: did the stare down. Like I'm gonna stare you down okay. and this and that. It wasn't like Missouri and Florida. Let's have a brawl and throw punches. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which, by the way, how did only three people get suspended for that? Yeah,
0: good old country internet here. Yeah, uh, that was an ECW match is what that was.
2: Yeah, one hundred And I feel bad. Can you imagine being the ref in that? What do you even do? Yeah, you had like 15 Florida dudes throwing like over-the-top haymakers. Yeah, and you have to – whatever, I'm out.
3: Nathan, I don't know if you saw it begin. I was freaking out. I was like, why are you throwing punches, you stupid idiot? They have helmets on. Why are you doing this? And – did you see those coaches in the middle of them? I'm like, they're going to get their ass kicked. I'm like, something's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Those are some okay. grown-ass
0: men, unless you're
2: – So now
0: they're Unless you invite the Undertaker to help you, like, you're in trouble.
2: Yeah. So now we got two coaches on here. What did you think of Dan Mullen getting kicked out of the game and then, like, walking down the tunnel and then Undertaker music comes back out to go pump the crowd? In? Yes. <laughs> I loved that.
3: I would have done that. I would have thrown my arms up.
0: I don't know if you guys hit on this, but did you find it funny that he wanted a full stadium to play LSU and then all of a sudden he tested positive for COVID when they said he couldn't have a full stadium? Who would have thought? Is anybody else not talking
3: about that? Conspiracy theories. (laughs) theories. No, I'm I'm just saying. If you listened
2: a couple weeks ago, I have a theory that like all these SEC schools, they like have their upper limit. But any big games, the stadium's always way more full.
0: Mm-hmm. Than that ain't anything that's insane.
2: Yeah, like there's I no. Think they way. Have to... yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. So what? I well, guess
3: I have to tweet this out. You know, I have to advertise and market for free. And
2: okay, so Nathan, what are your thoughts about Jim Harbaugh? I
0: think if he doesn't have a good showing against Ohio State, if you can't beat one rival and destroyed by, another, which to be honest with you, I think Ohio State's going to have to make a statement against Michigan.
2: You think Ohio, Ohio State-,
0: State almost has to pitch? Yeah, I think they have to pitch a better than perfect game this year to like, because we're only playing eight games. So if they have one hiccup, they're screwed.
2: Now, see, that's how I feel feel about Wisconsin. Like, Wisconsin has to come back from this, like, time off and just put 50 burgers on people for them to make the Mm -hmm. play. I think Ohio State could kind of skate there on name.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's more marketable to have Ohio State in there. Um, But I think – I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see how it all plays out. I just have a hard time, like saying, like, oh, you played eight games, and like, what is their schedule? Like, does anybody know? Do they do they have a decent
2: schedule? Well, I think their big game, other than Michigan, was supposed to be Penn State, and I think we all know that Penn State's trash.
3: Yeah, Ohio State plays Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana. Illinois, yeah, Michigan State, and then Michigan.
0: Yeah, like that's – as far as Big Ten schedules, because, you know, I mean they are – I guess I didn't watch the game last night either, but I don't know. 13 against Ohio. Was that at Penn State? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's not a bad win at Penn State. Which, but with no crowds too, like there is
2: a no factor. Penn State with no fans is an entirely different thing. Exactly. They would have whited out that game. That game
0: would have been insane.
2: Yeah. They even said that during the game. They were like, uh, Ohio State was down on the goal line by next to where the student section is, and it's like crickets quiet, and they're making protection changes. Like, you can't do that in Happy Valley normally, you know. No. No. So I think that
0: that's another interesting thing like, I don't know. And then about the whole trap game thing, I mean it was just I think without Lawrence, I think, you know, dude, that 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 quarterback that Clemson had to put in there was better than most ACC quarterbacks as a freshman.
2: That's well, awesome. yeah, he's right. Like, he's like 6'5, 240 as a true freshman, yeah. just a man. He has a coach at 18 years old. Like not just that, they
0: lost that defensive end on that targeting call. And then they bring in the overall number one uh recruit in the country last year at defensive end. Woo! Yeah. And then the kid gets a freaking uh gets that safety. Like, yeah. oh okay. You know
2: that and then it's frustrating because you see like Clemson be able to do that, and then I've got to watch Illinois every week with like our fourth string quarterback that I think is technically a receiver. Hey, remember when we had Eddie McGee? Remember Eddie McGee? (laughs) (laughs) What is the most embarrassing Illinois game you've ever seen?
0: Oh gosh. Dude, there was some bad ones back in the, you guys probably don't weren't even born, but like there was some where like, when Ohio State had like LeVar Arrington and stuff, those games were pretty ugly. When they had when Ohio State had Andy Moyer, like I can't even remember who was on those teams for Ohio State, but it was like it was fifty-five nothing at the half. Like it was pathetic. I remember when Zook, when we were playing Rutgers and they were up like twenty-eight to like nothing, and then we came back and won in the last few seconds, and like it was like Ron Zook's here, and then we won, like, one more game the rest of the year. Uh, that Ohio- that Illinois State game, do you remember that? Like, when yeah. Illinois gave us all that we wanted with John Butcher at quarterback? Yep. Like, we didn't lose that, but that was kind of like, oh, God.
2: Oh, I remember when I was cheering at uh, SIU, we went and played Illinois and gave Illinois every bit of that game. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there like, I was excited. But then in like my heart, <laughs> hearts being like, this is really pathetic.
3: Well, yeah.
0: Uh, like, I think that one double A stuff, man, if if a one double A school gives you a run for your money or almost beat you as a big 10, like a team that poses as like, they want to be a big 10 power. That's, that's probably more.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, Bob, uh, Bob Spoo at EIU, they played Illinois and gave them a run. It was like back to back to back years. Like EIU did it in like 2009 or 10. Then Illinois State shows up. And then SIU shows up. And Illinois. And then like, remember Kent State when like a couple of years ago? Kent State's a Division one, but they came in a couple of years ago. And Illinois was up by like 18 or 20. And then they started to come back. And so I don't I've know.
2: Just, I've given up on any bit of happiness coming from anything. Orange and blue in my life.
3: We look fancy, though. We got some fancy stuff, but we cannot... I think we lost Coach West.
2: We have the shittiest uniforms I've ever seen. We did. We lost him.
3: He just texted me saying, Internet's sucking, so we'll see if he hops back on. Maybe i have to email it again. Yeah. But, yeah... uh... Then you got Michigan, Michigan State. We're just gonna move on.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's I a... think if I think Coach West is right, he needs another signature win. He started off his year with a really good win, and then I think he's got to figure out a way to win another big time football game we're really about
3: Jim Harbaugh, right? Yeah. So they play Indiana next, which he was messaging on the thing and we've talked before indiana is very much improved so that could be a little i think michigan state was not a trap game indiana could have been a trap game and he's back so we we started moving on to michigan and i'm looking at their oh, schedule. You're, good. you're good we're looking at their schedule they play indiana and like Indiana's much improved they have a, a strength and conditioning coach that could be a quote-unquote trap game like they don't if they're not careful indiana's gonna walk in there and well it's at indiana Yeah, right. Uh, Then they play play Wisconsin, then Rutgers, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State.
2: That Wisconsin game will be good. So, with Indiana, what is the difference? Like, I've been around college football athletics. I've seen, like, we used to work out at the same – like, I get how a good strength and conditioning program can improve a school. Yeah. But I don't expect it to happen that fast because Indiana's. Well, no, no, no.
0: So uh, the guys who are at Alabama now, um, Dave Ballou and Matt Ray, they were at Indiana like three years ago. Okay. And so Dave Ballou's from IMG Academy like he was at IMG Academy. He was at Avon high school in Indiana, then went to IMG and then went to Indiana. Um, And theirs is more about power generation than it is absolute like strength. So like they move weights really fast. They don't like try and squat eight, 900 pounds to them. That isn't important. It's more about how much power you can generate. So Indiana will still have probably two or three more years of those guys that were under those strength and conditioning guys because those guys are at Bama now. Like they said when they got to when they got to Alabama, there was one guy that could generate two thousand watts of power. And then in so they got there in like April. In July they had nineteen. In week two of the college football season, they had forty guys that could generate two thousand watts of power. Wow. So you have elite recruits, you have elite athletes, and now all of a sudden you are training them in a speed-based thing. I think Indiana University, like their players got like a mile of an hour faster when those guys were there on average.
2: That is insane.
0: So we are going to that actually. Like I don't know if you listen to me and Steve's marathon. <laughs> that was – dude, so supposedly my kids are telling me they're listening, but we'll see. Um, but uh
3: Oh, I can look at so I,
0: Like, I'm not trying to whiz off here into into Timbuktu, but like at the same time, like that's what we've started doing at, at Westville. So, like, we had four guys over 19 miles an hour. I've got five guys over 21 now. Well, like 19 is about our average. So, yeah.
2: And I feel like that's fast for high school. That's.
0: And and that is on so a lot of schools they have like all weather tracks and stuff like we're running in our high school parking lot in tennis shoes. <laughs> with with a fully automatic timing system like I ended up investing in that myself. So Jeez. I really like human performance now. So that's like my thing. Like we probably have seven or eight girls over 18 miles an hour. One girl
2: over 19. Damn.
3: Yeah, Brad hasn't listened to our stuff yet, so he has no idea. What's oh, going on. Yeah, that
2: was going to be my uh, my listening today. As I you're well, listening today, you mean like for the next week? You might want to break that up. I was going to listen. I was going to listen to you guys and then that Joe Rogan podcast with Alex Jones and see which one's the more crazy.
3: We're not even close
0: ours was really honestly steve like i was kind of impressed so like i listened to it and like the first part it kind of like drags because we're like talking about like only stuff you would understand if you were from where we're from like the truck stop war of attrition and all that stuff but when we got like talking about program development and stuff i was like i almost sound intelligent almost sound intelligent like a long way to go but like it was pretty good
3: we're we're joe rogan we were just Truck stop. Oh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about a hot air balloon coming down on the field. Let's talk about Den Hart's wow. face and this and that. Like it was just
0: Did you Brad, was that when was that when you played the hot air balloon or was that when I was playing? That must that have been when I was, it, was.
2: Yeah. Did you yeah. guys touch on uh Steve when you were in high school when we played Salt Fork and we had to run fifteen laps because somebody left dirty underwear in the showers?
3: Oh I did not <laughs>
2: Oh, God. Okay. You want to tell the story really quick?
3: <laughs> was, that, was that when, yeah, was that when Coach gonna T- Dirty
2: Underwear? Was that
3: when yeah. Coach Denhardt was yelling about his, were, were Mrs. Denhardt living in a trailer yep. and, and this and yeah, that? Yeah.
2: yeah. So we go out, and like you could tell he Gary was-, was pissed to start the day. And you know, you run that little half lap. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other thing. And as soon as I got there, like took a knee for half a second. And Dinhart goes, my wife got made fun of for living in a trailer. Take a lap. And we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so we go. So this, this, is, this is like Tuesday of Salt Fork Week. So we're, we were pumped up anyway. I
3: don't think we stretched yet. I don't think we did no, anything. We had,
2: so we take a lap. And what did he say? It was like something about sitting at a dinner party. Someone made fun of his wife. Take a lap. And then so we take a lap.
3: And then, <laughs> and then he goes, I'm married to a salt fork girl. Take a lap. And like, lap. like
2: <laughs> and then we get down and like, you know, there were some big boys on that team, like Blake Warren, like, yeah. don't run. And I remember getting back and like I'm a freshman, I'm breathing heavy. And then he goes, Somebody left their shitty ass dirty underwear in the shower last night. Take a lap. <laughs> just take another lap. And we're all looking at each other like, what is going on? <laughs> I <laughs> went on for a half an
3: hour. Wow. And then – uh Yeah. And then uh you need to correct me if I'm wrong. Coach Sanifer was our O-line coach, and I think he coached at Catlin or went to Catlin or something. And he was like, just because he went to Catlin, take a lap. <laughs> and I was like, what is going – Yeah. What
0: is, go- yeah. <laughs> what is uh, going on? Like you guys can control that. You can control the underwear maybe if you're not the last guy in the shower, but like – Yeah. What can you – <laughs> I look at no. stuff now, like like I see like stretch lines. So like Brad, this would blow your mind. And I know you're like into that human performance stuff. Like, mm-hmm. what do you actually do now? Like, what is your like uh thing that you do? Because I, I know you were of kind statement. of into like dietitian stuff there, like you were no, doing no, like right. study. So that is what you
2: Yeah, so I got my master's degree in dietetics and I went in and did clinical work for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then went on and now I work for the VA. I run the food service department there, nice. uh, but I love performance nutrition. Yeah. It's kind of like my side hobby. So like last year, me and a group of my friends did a Joe Rogan, like sober October, but
1: uh-huh. we did it
2: in March and we wore those like heart monitor things that give you points for how long you keep your heart rate elevated. Yeah. And for a month straight, I spent four and a half hour days on an elliptical at 80% max heart rate. Oh my God. Like I would get off the elliptical and my feet would be bloody. And like every day I, what? I was sitting, I was sitting at work. Oh. Like, so I would sit at work and, and i had a like 5 right. gallon tub of peanut butter and i would just be sitting there scooping peanut butter and i was losing 3 pounds a week cuz i just couldn't keep my that's calories. that's insane yeah and that's what like i ended up doing really well but it's because i had that background in performance nutrition like i don't think i would have been able to do it if i didn't know how to fuel appropriately right
0: So, like, as far as sports performance, like, are you still in, are you into, like, that kind of stuff? Yep. Have you ever heard of uh, RPR? Mm Mm-hmm. You ever done it?
2: No. No. (laughs) No. See, that's, like, it's hard now because I work such weird hours and, like, I don't have as much time to do the performance stuff myself. You coming back for Thanksgiving? I'm gonna try. I don't mm. know. I've got some people at work that's got to take time off, so I might be stuck down here.
0: Well, I can teach you it. Uh, it's it, it, like so. I have so there's like three levels. So like there's level one, level two, and then specialty. And uh, so I have all three of them, um, and it's insane. Uh, like absolutely insane. Like, people, like, call me, like, the wizard and stuff. Yeah. So, like, we were doing our sprint training. So, we do just a RPR warm-up. We don't stretch. We don't do anything. We just do RPR and start sprinting. Like, that is literally how we go. And uh, so, I've had three soft tissue injuries all because the kid reached for the finish line uh, because they were running as fast as they could. But I reset their hamstrings, two of them. I, I didn't know the specialty for the first one. Reset their hamstrings. So, you know, like a bad hamstring, like this one kid couldn't walk. He was literally doubled over. And I said, I think I can help you. Uh, it's going to hurt probably, but, like, I think I can help you. Got in, agitated his adductor, Magnus, and uh, holy God, he came back. So that was on a Monday. Came back on Wednesday, ran the three fastest times he ever had in his life.
2: No shit. That is
0: nuts. So, I and then I have this guy who was subbing at uh, the high school, Mr. Means, and he was talking about how he was going to have to take time off. He's like, he couldn't run, he was having a lot of lower back pain. And so, basically, what was happening was for his hip flexion, he was using his lower back as opposed to his, let's see, yeah, lower back as opposed to his glutes. No, hold on. Maybe that's extension. I'm getting them screwed up right now. I know what to do if you get on a training table, but um, so he was having lower back pain to the point if he was gonna go to the doctor, take painkillers and muscle relaxers to try and get this to go away. And I fixed him, he had no pain within probably about an hour. Yeah. Now He's see that these bad boys.
2: <laughs> that's the kind of thing like we're getting way <laughs> off subject for college football, but it's okay. I run into the same thing all the time with sports performance nutrition. Yes. Like people come to me and they get frustrated because I, I don't give them the bullshit. Like right. in reality, if you're an average athlete, you know, like your average high school player, if you're taking high strength supplements or basically any supplement at all, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice like you're wasting your money now don't get me wrong there's a time and place to take a supplement especially yeah. for someone who you know might not have access to certain foods but i've found that it's more like pre-performance mid-performance and how you go through your like recovery nutrition that makes the biggest difference so gotcha. like I know a lot of guys that they're, like, pre-game fuel up. They do totally incorrectly, and then they go into the game, like, groggy. Feeling trash. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, like – the biggest thing is you see people eat shit that's, like, high-fiber pre-workout, and it drives me nuts. (laughs) Like, the amount of – I'll go to a gym when gyms were still a thing, and – I see people eating granola bars and I want to go like smack it out of their hand. Like as much as we push people away from just pure like sugar supplements, that's really what you're looking for at that point. I saw a
0: girl at state track me literally eating spoonfuls of peanut butter. And I was like, your stomach cannot." And then she went out like, like gangbusters the first 200. But then after that, she was done. That sludge was stuck starting to finally hit and i'm just like steve i know a podcast we can do sports performance and alternative things with me and brad like i think that would be good so we can get back on topic
2: but like
3: we'll we'll do this later
2: (laughs)
0: this would be be freaking awesome
3: i'll facilitate it i'll mute somebody when i don't want you to talk i'm like it's their turn now
0: (laughs) it's like presidential debate bullshit we're way more mature than those freaking fools (laughs) Can we just (laughs) take a year
3: off from a president? Like, we need a break. Let's just take a break. Yeah, we'll just not have one for a while.
0: Um, But anyways, yeah, so that that would be a good one to have. Because, I mean, like, I could talk. Like, we didn't even get to hit in our thing about RPR, and I think it's unbelievable. And, like, sprint-based trainings, like, the next thing. Like, my kids are rarely in the weight room, and they're stronger and faster. So how do you, like, argue that?
2: Um, Yeah. Yeah, well, well i know like if either of you guys were interested like over the past couple of years i've done team uh nutrition education stuff yeah like I love to do that stuff so if you ever had a time you wanted me to come talk to your guys or any of your teams I'd love to do it
0: like could we do it via zoom because like right now they're kind of like I might have to do my parent meeting for girls basketball on zoom yeah like I tell I, I tell them all the time, sleep's the number one performance-enhancing drug. You guys just don't take advantage of it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'd totally do it on Zoom.
3: You have to pay us to come, though. That's, what, that's what's going to happen. You have to pay me oh. to talk.
2: Yeah. I mean, you don't have to pay me anything. It's just something I like to do. And I think it's good for for especially young athletes to understand how it's supposed to work
3: oh um, no well you we could do that and then like he said i could set up a podcast one day on zoom and for sure you guys because yeah. can... nathan i think it got kicked off again yeah if you listen to it, it's two hours and 58 minutes not the time when we were recording before i had obs i don't know how long it went so i'm sitting there going okay i think it's been two hours let's go and then i looked I was like oh it was three hours
2: yeah. there we go oh hey he's back so yeah, like, you got, you,
0: dude. Living out like so, I live on the Salt Fork River now. So like, I have to use like mobile internet. That's an experience. Yeah, we had gigabit in St. Joe. Now we live on next to the river, and yeah, the
2: you live the in lab
0: a I can work for in gaming.
2: I mean. Can't even hear huh? it. Said you live in a van no. down by the river.
0: We actually live like 150 feet above the river. Oh, like the be... river's way down there. Okay, yeah, it's totally safe. Yeah. You know, If you ever need to dispose a... of anybody, yeah. let me know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Michigan, Michigan
3: State.
2: Yeah, this has been come on, Steve. Move it along.
3: Stream does not have a mute thing, I don't think. I have to mess with it. <laughs> or the stream yard, excuse me. Yeah. So, Jim is going to get fired after this year?
2: No. He's got... He has enough goodwill built up for having moved that program along from the dumpster fire it was.
3: I mean, their quarterback, he was 32 of 51 for 300 yards, which is – that sounds really good. He just threw no touchdowns. I think, if,
0: oh, I think if it's not this year, I think it's next year. Because, honestly, like, how long are you going to accept losses to Ohio State before it's like we got to find somebody who can beat Ohio State? Because let's be honest, you want to be in a national championship, you got to beat them. Yeah.
3: All right. We, we've talked about Michigan State enough. We can move on. We talked about other stuff. We can. This one could be real quick. I tweeted this. I said, LSU just dropped off the face of the earth. And Brad, you and I were real critical about Bo Nix, or at least I was. And he kind of said, Screw you, Steve. You're nobody in Naperville, and I'm going to play. Like,
2: I. Everything I think I've said since we've been doing this podcast has come back to bite me in the ass. Like I shit all over Ellinger and then he had like the game of his career and the Red River shootout. Like it makes me so sad to see LSU take a step back. Like Bo Pelini is gone and he needs to be gone. What he has done to that LSU defense is criminal – And I know they lost a lot, but they, like, the same way watching Penn State, like, LSU just doesn't look like they know what they're doing.
3: And they're trying to do an offense. Well, they're keeping the same offense that they had with Joe Burrow, and they're trying to create this quarterback to be a Joe Burrow. Like, this is what we did last year. This is what you got to do. You have an offense. That's why I love the spread. You have an offense now to adapt. You need to adapt to what this quarterback can do instead of forcing them to do what he can't do. So if this kid's going to be a running quarterback, you've got to make it a running style. You can't force him. He had two interceptions and they took him out. Like, you can't force him to do things he cannot do. And then, again, like I said, like, Ed O'Dron's going to flip and he's going to try to take it over, I think. Don't force this defense to do what you did last year. Don't force this offense to do what you did last year. Um, and then thing with Auburn... They're they're spreading it out more all of a sudden and it wasn't working and all of a sudden LSU they said screw it it's going to work. So what's Big Ed going to do like go to that OC and say this is not Joe Burrow quit acting like we're going to throw for 400 yards we may have to run some zone read stuff some power read stuff we got to go back to this. I know it's COVID, but that's not a pass. Like you're LSU, you're the national ch- defending national champion. You've got to figure it out now.
2: We lose Nathan again.
3: He's he's there. Yeah.
2: I was about to say I
0: You almost feel like no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I was that's just i I'm trying to. Oh, I think honestly, like I'm kind of in the same situation as Steve. You're only as good as like how you can shape your offense to fit your quarterback, right? So, um, Joe Burrow is. I mean, he's making cin- the Cincinnati Bengals competent. You know what I mean? Like, who can honestly? And he's throwing like 40 plus passes a game in the pros. Very few quarterbacks can do that just coming out of college, to be honest with you. Like, and I don't know. I, I I think they need to get back to the basics and just get back to like where they were. I mean, can you imagine all the receivers they had? They had Beckham, they had Jarvis Landry and all this stuff, and they were literally like an I run team. Like, that's just what they did. And then it was like all of a sudden they understood that they could throw the ball, and then they went a national championship. And it's like, well, we got to continue doing that. But if you don't have the personnel to do that, maybe they need to go back to what they knew rather than, you know. And, and stripping down the defense, to, uh, I, I don't know what's not clicking, but you can't have this kind of a showing after a national championship game. Like this happens in 2A high school football, not in college. Yeah. Like you, lose, you lose a big group and it's like, oh, it's going to be long. And, yeah, you can't. Can't have that if you want to be at LSU for long. And and I love Ed Ogeron. I think he's just – he's awesome, but he's just struggling right now. They're struggling.
2: Like actually, his book just came out. Steve, I know you like to read those a lot. I am I just ordered it the other day. I'm waiting for it to come in. I'm going to read it. Because I, I – like you, I love Coach O. I think it's awesome. I like seeing people like, this was my dream job, and I got it and oh, succeeded, yeah. you know. But I think it comes back to that like you don't have the same personnel you had last year, and you would almost be better off if, like you said, you would have went right back to that power I run the football game that you had before.
3: Well, you don't need to go – here's what I'm not a fan of is let's just change our offense and go back to the power I know. Stay the spread, but like be a power run – spread team you can do all that yes um yeah like they almost need to go to what gus was running in 2013 and auburn like go to something like that this year like okay we're gonna keep the same terminology we have some of this stuff but we're gonna run the ball we're gonna trap we're gonna buck sweep we're gonna do all that and just stick to this keep the ball away from the other team and like you said bo pelini did not do well as a head coach in nebraska so what makes us think that's going to be different as a dc you know they just keep recycling these guys, and the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. And the same, or try to get a different result, and so I think LSU just needs to kind of look themselves in the mirror and say this isn't working. Uh, what do we do? How do we work to this kid's strength? How do we do this? And take one in the chin this year, and just come back and say we'll be better next year. And they're trying to compare him to Nick Saban. Nick Saban goes through this every other year, if not every year. And but they adapt. Nick Saban's finally adapting the offenses to what they can do and they're gonna w- might win the national championship this year. I mean, big ed's gonna have to look at that and say, I gotta do that.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, well that's the difference between being a one and dunner and a in a in a dynasty almost. I mean, Alabama, they're are they ever not in the college football playoff conversation or the national championship conversation?
2: Yeah. It, they have been for, what, two decades now, which is crazy. It's insane. But I think it's – you were talking about sticking with the spread and using power run concepts in there. Like – and this is just me, and I'm not a coach, so obviously I don't know as much. But I feel like a spread run-based attack is just not as effective if your quarterback's not a true run threat.
3: I mean, yes and no. You can add an H-back and a tight end, and there's an extra blocker and just do it even like Notre Dame's doing. They put three tight ends in there and say, screw it, we're just going to hand the ball off and run.
2: Yeah, but their quarterback's also a run threat.
3: But it doesn't matter. Like Auburn does it every year. Alabama does it every year. They don't have a running quarterback, but they they run the ball. They say, we're going to put a tight end in an H-back. We're going to eye candy it with some wide receiver motions because LSU's got Mm -hmm. some decent wide receivers. Why not motion them? Yeah, do some jet sweep stuff, and then just keep handing the ball off. And once in a while, if LSU's quarterback gets a five-yard run, you do it every so often, it's on film. Like, I talked to a coach on my podcast. He said, get weird. Why doesn't LSU just get weird and say, let's put in some funky formations once or twice? It's on film. They have to look at it and just add some tight ends, some H-backs, put an an extra lineman in there, for God's sake, go unbalanced, and just run the ball and do some quick RPO play actions and short passes like – I say about Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky, that's what they did for the Bears. That's what they should have done: was RPO, quick play actions, get them outside the pocket. Don't do this Joe Burrow stuff. That's not going to work. Yeah, like you, you could still run the ball yeah. of a power or go pistol. I don't care. Line up in a pistol and and run the ball. Like you can do all that out of a spread. Um, don't switch it automatically and go back to this I formation that that you're just giving up on and. Like, just a, yeah, I was
0: more talking about like the identity of the run game, uh-huh. like, you know, like that. Because, you know, like, I am a, we run gun and we run the ball probably 65 70% of the time, you know what I mean? So, like, you can most definitely run, you can do some tackle over stuff, like, Steve's talking about you can motion that guy have the last guy like line up at the tackle spot and he's um like a buck sweep like a shotgun wing t kind of thing it it works um and and that would help you most definitely if you slap a tight end and h back in there keep a couple receivers and use some motion to keep people honest like it's real interesting real quick
3: yeah Brad, you need to research that
2: no i okay so we were talking about um kind of Illinois running what looked like wingbacks in the spread way earlier on in this podcast. i seen the coolest play I think I've ever seen out of one of those formations. They ran like a jet sweep over to the short side of the field, snapped the ball, and then all of the linemen went off to the jet sweep side like it was going to be a screen pass. And then – leaked their h-back out on the opposite side Mm -hmm. and it was like a naked boot out to that side and that play was so well designed and their h-back got like 25 yards yep it was just such a cool play design and again it's something i never see illinois do because it's imaginative and works honestly
0: it's it's just so frustrating watching Illinois because it's literally bubble screen running back in the flat and, and I get it we had a a young quarterback in there right um which by the way from Peoria right
2: mm-hmm.
0: like that kid was from Peoria quarterback in Peoria so kind of nice to see like a, a state guy in there <laughs> um but like I just think like I don't know um they, how many times has Illinois thrown a bubble screen on third and very long? You know what I mean. Like as an Illinois fan, we have seen that, and no matter who the offensive coordinator is, we've seen that.
2: Like or, or a, five a,
0: 15,
2: a yeah, cool. Yeah, or a five yard out when it's fourth and ten.
3: Oh, good God in heaven! Yeah, the TV out the window.
2: Yeah. Okay, what's what's next?
3: <laughs> I just put mm-hmm. S. I put SMU Navy because I only thought that would yeah. be a good game, and SMU just kind of yeah. Well, Navy. yeah. I did, oh my god, don't
0: even get
2: Nathan's gonna have a stroke over here.
3: See, we're lucky. We had a stroke at the beginning. We got through it. Nathan didn't get through I just it. This saw you guys. <laughs> I did
0: I played Call of Duty
2: at some point. <laughs> I personally dealt with it. So, okay, Steve, if you like watching you like watching these service Academy games, right?
3: Yeah, because it's a different offense. they run something that I don't, and it's just nice it's cool to look at and
2: it's cool to look at and they consistently win games they probably talent wise don't deserve to be in, right? So why don't more small schools adapt to that?
3: What do you mean by small schools?
2: Like, I hate to do this again. Why do we have a problem with Illinois hiring a wing T guy and coming in here and maybe winning six games a year?
3: You want to know why the option and wing T stuff work at academy schools? Because they're there for a different reason. They're there for the Army. They're there for Navy. They're there to go to the Air Force. They're very disciplined already, and they're very hard-nosed, and this is probably what they played in high school. And I was on another coach's podcast where we, do, we talked about this. <clears throat> do you think Illinois' boosters are going to give any sort of money to, a, to a, a coach that may not score points? I'm not saying we're scoring points now, but that's kind of what we were talking about before is like, does this option stuff work in a Big Ten school? And I don't think it would work.
2: Okay, you're telling me if tomorrow they're like, Lovey, you're out, and they rolled out the red carpet for Paul Johnson? <laughs> would you be upset with that?
3: I would. I would be very upset with that. Well, you're stupid. Because in order to compete with the Big Ten, you have to have some athletes to make some big plays. You bring in this wing T triple option stuff instead of an 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 an, an Urban Meyer or something. I don't know. He's not going to Illinois, but something like that, where you have these big explosive plays to compete. Like
2: if you're if you're Illinois, you have to understand that you're never gonna compete. You're never going to be the cream of the crop in the Big Ten. You're not.
3: But the you hell, don't
2: have the history. You don't have the money. Just get in there and be that like pain in the ass eight win football team every year.
3: But are you going to get the recruits? So here's the problem now. I'm not saying Illinois get recruits now.
2: But that's the thing. You don't need the recruits if you play that style of football.
3: But now here's my next question for you. And this is I'm going completely overboard. Illinois State runs some type of spread. If you are on the fence, like, I could go to Illinois, but they're going to run this offense, or I'm a quarterback, I'm going to get hit a lot, or I'm not going to get the ball as a wide receiver. I'd rather go to Illinois State and maybe compete for a championship there and still go to the NFL because they run a spread. Or go up to Northwestern right up the road. Or go to Purdue right across the state lines and say, they run this offense for me. Kind of like Mike Leach. when he, Mike Leach is going to get those question, wide receivers.
2: Where did Calvin Johnson go to college?
3: Who gives a shit? He, he dropped the ball against the Bears. Who cares? Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, okay. Probably the, one of the greatest receivers of all time went to Georgia Tech.
3: But times have like, changed now. This is the Big Ten. This is not – times have yeah. changed.
2: Okay. I mean, you can't tell me – I would much rather win some football games.
3: Well, okay. Let me ease the pain. I think
0: personally, if you're trying to get
3: Go ahead, Coach West.
0: Oh, Love, he's getting fired. Like, I don't know.
2: You, you cut out there for a second. We didn't get any of your rant.
0: <laughs> oh, you can't hear me? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. We can um, hear you now. You can't hear me? Oh, okay. But my thing is, is you're Illinois, so you're never going to get the best recruits. The best line is going to go to Iowa. The best skills guys are going to go to Notre Dame. If they're from a private school, they're going to Notre Dame. Wisconsin will poach a couple guys. Michigan, if you had some great guys, you didn't get any of them. You know, like, so we're never going to get the elites of our state. Like, Underwood's figuring it out. Lovey's not so much.
2: Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you're talking about moving oh, your shoot. game plan. Did I
0: go through? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So you're talking about moving your game plan and adapting to what you have. Like, Lovey's in year, what, five, four now? Year four? It's been longer uh, Lovie. still- than
0: that. Lovey's like five or six.
2: Unless lovey like still has not had a recruiting class that taught broke the top 60
0: or even the top eight in the big ten
2: yeah so move and do something that like allows you to compete when you don't have the athletes
3: well can I use the pain a little bit yes. I'm all for hey Gus mounds on like offense from 2013 coming in where we're going to do wing T concepts from a pistol type where it's not exactly your under center triple option it's it's we're going to come in we're going to
2: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere. Playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Run the ball. You know, we're just going to do this and do that. I'm all for something like that. I'm not. I I think you can get more recruits that way. If you go to an offense like that, I think then maybe you can find kids like that. If that makes sense. You start bringing in an army thing. Like if Monkin goes there, um, are you going to be able to get recruits like that? Or are they going to say, let's go here instead, like throw on the fence? I think if you do a Gus offense, I think that might work a little bit because you don't really have that in the Big Ten, something like that. It's – if that makes sense. Like if you do something like that, I'm all for it. So if, if Gus ever gets fired for some reason, which could happen eventually, maybe bring him to Illinois and do something like that. But
0: I just – I think it's – you know, you look like I feel like our running back depth is pretty good. And then we have a matter Bay Bay. We have a Luke Ford that got used not at all. Um, and it was actually wide open. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but he freaking liked those that basically showed like how wide open he was. This guy was like pointing it out. And he liked it, which I thought was kind of interesting. So some turmoil there, maybe. But you're telling me the Amater-Bebe brothers and Luke Ford, like, can't do something? Like, that's three receivers. That's about the only thing we got. And I feel like our running back depth is a little bit better. Because when you're throwing bubble screens and all that kind of stuff, like, you have to have elite athletes. And we don't have elite athletes. We don't have an Alabama guy that can literally make a cornerback just spin in a total circle and get torched like we're probably more of a play action run the ball and then hit the big one you know what i'm saying um because a matter baby can win one-on-ones but how often do you get him the ball not enough (laughs) well they tried they tried you know there's a difference between targets and them throwing them in his direction and an actual having a catchable ball too
3: So we need to do a college football recap podcast, a nutrition sports enhancement podcast, and an Illinois podcast right after that.
2: Yes. I would be fine with just, we don't do as much of the college football recap, and this just becomes a shit all over Illinois podcast for two hours. (laughs) (laughs) The German crap video like Cartman's mom was on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think it's hard. That's like my team, and I think it's our team as a whole. And like I spent my whole life watching that, and we could even continue it into basketball because I'm sure they're going to let me down,
0: buddy. They're going to roll into some preseason competition where we're going to find out real quick if we are Duke. Yeah, imagine that.
2: Yeah, thanks a lot.
0: Well, we get Duke and Baylor, right? Like right off the bat.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna find out real quick. Luckily though, it's a like very senior laden team and you have a lot more depth well, this he, year. And he's oh, getting
3: recruits, yeah. so good for him for getting recruits yeah. finally. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think I think Underwood's
0: got it going in the right direction. I just you know we're going into a preseason where we're gonna be put through fire and flames in the first two weeks. Yeah. It's gonna be real. Rich, rough. I guess that's better to know than beat up a bunch of like uh beat up a bunch of AAU teams and think that you're world beaters and then get smoked by Missouri and embarrassed in the Big Ten. Like true. I guess that's better than that. But I could I can see us splitting the Baylor Duke, and I don't know how that's gonna go. I think if we lose to Baylor, I think somehow we'll figure out a way against Duke. Like,
2: I would, I would be the happiest person in the whole world if we beat Duke. I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, just because that's me putting my guard up because Illinois athletics. Mm-hmm. But yeah. just that team is so talented, and now they have like legit depth at the big position. You know, whereas. Mm-hmm. It, Gorgie's gonna go commit three fouls in five minutes like you have someone legitimate come off the bench and be a four
0: yeah yeah and and I think that's a big thing is like dude Io's a closer I'll I, I was at the I was at the Michigan State game when he went down like you could have heard a pin drop in that place because it was like Io's got the ball we're good we're gonna win yeah you know what I mean like how long has it been since we've had that feeling as an Illinois fan?
2: Uh, I remember feeling that way, weirdly enough. I felt that way a little bit with Brandon Paul.
0: Uh, that was the last guy I was going to say was Brandon Paul. But then yeah. again, he basically had to go off for like 35 points to even give us a chance.
2: Yeah, because that was the jacking or uh, Mike Tisdale was on that team. This <laughs> whole hunchback yeah. Mike Tisdale.
0: Yeah who works at like the, the Shields in Springfield now? Like that's what he does? Does he really? I think
2: so. Oh god. I loved that team though. Like there was something yeah. fun about that team.
0: I liked them, but it was just like you weren't going anywhere. You were running on a treadmill.
2: Yeah. Which is how how this podcast feels actually. We've n- made no progress. <laughs>
3: We're giving Joe Rogan. Hour one. and
2: 54 minutes. You
3: invite me
0: in. Yeah. I make I make everything uh over two hours. So that's just that's just how it works. Yeah, absolutely. Do we but you don't even know how many messages I would have sent over YouTube live <laughs> over all of this? <laughs> well, I don't think
2: So do we want to talk about next week's games?
3: Yeah, because I'm going to do my own podcast episode on Mike Leach and go off. So we don't have to talk about that one. I'll do my own privately with my thoughts. You guys can check on me later to make sure I'm okay.
0: You're going to burn some candles, have maybe a a water fountain in the back. Just
2: you know.
3: Well, that's why I had to wear this. I had, that way you... I had to wear this for Mike Leach back in the day.
2: <laughs> we'll, yes. we'll wellness check for you later today.
3: I have to get it done before the Bears game. Because that's going to be...
2: So you can just feel worse. Why is it that every team I like has a shitty offensive play caller?
3: (laughs) Nick Foles is pretty good when he calls it.
2: Yeah,
0: Nick Foles is the best play caller we got. Let's be honest here. When we go no huddle, like it's literally just all the way down the field. And then Nagy goes, no, 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 you need to huddle up. And then I'm going to take out Jimmy Graham because we're giving him $8 million for I don't know what like our best red zone target, we're going to take him out of the game and then we're going to throw it, which the, the Looney or Mooney kid or whatever he's been doing great considering he's a fifth rounder, but that's not yeah. the guy I'm going to in the red zone. And the fact that we didn't even give Jimmy Graham one target in the red zone. Yeah. I'm I, that's frustrating.
2: And giving Cole Komet like two targets a game. Yeah. When he looked like a stud. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
3: It cost me money. Jimmy Graham, I had him scoring a touchdown. Freaking Bears costing me.
0: Dude, I went off in DraftKings last week. I got 208 points. Freaking Tyler Lockett, baby.
2: (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. That dude's a stud, and he looks like he weighs about 120 pounds. Yeah, he's like a Golden Tate-ish, like, wide receiver. Golden Tate minus 50 pounds. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) because Sick, but yeah, all right, Steve. What are the games we're doing for next week?
3: So, what you want to watch Michigan, Indiana because that's a big trap for Michigan. If they don't win, it's over. We have to watch okay. Il- Illinois and Minnesota, I guess. Row the boat,
2: uh, great coach. Why can't Illinois hire that dude? Who
0: you know, what I said this a long time ago. Actually when they hired Lovey, PJ Fleck got hired by Minnesota. And I yeah. thought, you know, Lovey is a safe pick. I get it. He's a name for a program that's a dumpster fire. But if you want to like so like Lovey we're just going to sit right here, PJ Fleck ceilings a little bit higher. Cuz he so, gets the team fired up,
2: you know what I'm saying? I don't think a little bit higher. I think PJ Fleck like legitimately like Bring some passion into your football team, like you the said. Other, but
0: the other thing is, is, is would PJ Fleck leave if he had too much success?
3: Can we oh, stop? Absolutely. Can we stop for a second? I'm going to tell you who just commented on our video. Who? Jacob McLaughlin just commented on our YouTube. <laughs>
0: hey, we're getting more views. He yeah, has- if you agree to it. You get another viewer.
3: He asked, does Does no one remember Rodney Alexander?
2: I should.
0: I'm asking you,
3: know.
0: you to. Rodney Alexander. I, I would have to, like, Google that. Okay. i it up right now.
2: Damn it, I remember
0: Jacob. John Alexander.
3: Damn it, Jacob.
0: No, I do not remember Rodney Alexander.
3: He's a former U.S. representative. That's what Google is telling me.
0: Uh, uh, here we go. Rodney Alexander, 2007-2008, two University of Illinois.
2: Basketball player.
3: Oh, I found him, yep.
2: I don't remember him at all. How do I not remember him at all? Because
0: he was a junior. He started 15 times. What? In 07, 08? What the hell?
3: And playing Ohio State. Ohio State, he scored 20 points and grabbing 11 rebounds. <laughs>
0: what Rodney Alexander? See, that just shows you where Illinois basketball was at. We had guys who literally played one year of Juco, one year his junior year of U of I basketball, and he was done.
2: How do I not remember? Because at that point, like 07 08, I was so into Illinois basketball.
0: leave it to McLaughlin he had to go like most like the thing
2: about about Jacob McLaughlin he's got that like weird uh, little tick in his brain somewhere where it's like enters the Rolodex let me look for the weirdest player on earth huh okay so back to what we should be talking about
3: two hours later we're we're finally getting there
2: Michigan, Indiana,
3: Illinois, Minnesota. Uh, Clemson, Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's a big one.
3: Florida, Georgia.
0: The concert or the game?
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we said Stanford, Oregon, because the Pac 12 is coming back for their sixth game. Let's Six go, Ducks. Ducks. And then what did we say? USC, Arizona State. Yeah. I think that's all we got, because Mike Leach is going to break my heart again, so I'm not even going to.
2: Yeah, man, I'm sorry. It's going to be a rough year.
3: I'm going to get an adult beverage and do my next one on that one. It has to be.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I think we've sufficiently run way over our time again.
3: Well, I know this morning I was like, oh, it's like an hour, hour and a half. We're pretty good about it. Now it's 1230 well, in the Steve, afternoon. I
0: was giving Steve a bunch of crap. I said, dude, like you said you were going live like 19 minutes ago. What's going
2: on? And he blamed it on you, Brad. And I said, "We'll go figure. Oh, no. it's, it's 100% my fault. So like we have a big – we have like five TVs in our house. And throughout the day I have to hide room to room so I can continuously watch college football as my girlfriend continues to get more pissed off at me. Like last week I couldn't even be on because her and I got into a big fight about like, I want to go do things on the weekend. And I was like, I have a job and it's to sit and watch college football all day.
0: Because when this podcast takes off, I'm going to be the fact checker in the back. We're going to be in Fifian, where there's literally no high speed internet to even run the damn thing. But that's what we're going to do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now it's just I felt bad about last week but I literally didn't get to watch any games because I spent the whole day arguing. Like, I, listen, this is important. I got to do it.
3: Don't you blame this on me. Don't put that evil on me.
2: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I put it on myself. So now I, I have a TV in our exercise room, so I just say I'm going to work out for your four-hour
0: elliptical session
2: yeah absolutely
3: you're gonna be ripped (laughs) and just a ton of football knowledge after this
0: (laughs) probably the best shape i was ever in my life was when me and brad were like working out and running all the time
2: yeah
3: i know i would visit and you guys i'd visit you guys like we're gonna run 45 miles what the hell are you doing
0: dude it was insane we would literally run a loop like around the muncie and back like and then it was always like this thing, like Brad would start speeding up at the end, and then I would start speeding up, or I'd be like, oh, I'm sore. And then I would take off, or, you know,
2: it was no, all. It, this is some bullshit right now. <laughs>
0: now, hold on, hold
3: on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to end this live stream. Okay. And really we can do that.
2: <laughs> I had some stuff to get off my chest.
3: <laughs> so, got anybody out there watched or listened, thank you. I'm going to end this broadcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.